Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hey, beautiful human, welcome back to the Amy Rushworth Show. This solo episode is going to be really juicy, as I'm sure you have already figured out from the title, lol. So let's get right into it. I want to talk to you about how to have better sex and why empowering your sexuality and your sensuality will literally change your life. Now, there's going to be some people who are already feeling skeptical, so stay with an open mind because I think that a lot of the things I'm going to say are probably going to blow your mind or at least open your eyes in some way. Let's start with why it's so transformational to empower your sexuality and to heal or let go of any shame that you have lingering in this area because after all, if we want to have deep delicious, connected sex and sexual intimacy with someone else, obviously the deep intimate connection that we have with ourselves is going to be a huge part of that equation. So if you have shame, if you have any part of your sexuality that feels icky or it feels like, oh, I can't talk about that or something about you that you feel, is there something wrong with me? Like there's so many different things that can be subtle or really over the top that can affect how connected you feel to yourself, how empowered your sexuality feels. And all of that trickles into the kind of sex that you're going to have. Because if you don't feel safe, it's really hard for you to relax. And when you can't relax, you're tense. And that's not really a state where really juicy, yummy arousal is going to happen organically. And let's be honest, I'm pretty sure all of us, like all of us have some kind of strong opinion, feeling, belief, or set of beliefs that have been conditioned on us from our culture, our family about sex. So many of us have had like a discouraging experience or negative experience around sex or a shameful experience. Some people come from cultures where sexual expression and liberation is literally banned and persecuted. Uh, You know, there are places where women are literally still killed for that. And so it makes sense that we wouldn't feel this really relaxed sense of bliss and just complete neutrality even around our sexuality and self-pleasure. So part of having really amazing sex is starting to examine 
what are the beliefs that you have that are not in alignment with the kind of freedom, the kind of expression, the kind of relaxation that you want to have in your sex life. Because if those beliefs are there, if that shame is still there, that is going to show up in your sex life. Even if you brush it to the side, even if you pretend it doesn't exist, even if you think it's going to go away, your body and your subconscious mind are still holding on to those things. And so it's inevitable that that's going to show up in some way. And sometimes that can show up for many people as numbness during sex, Uh, you know, not being able to feel the full sensation because there's a deep belief inside of their body and inside of their subconscious that says it's not safe to enjoy sex. It's not safe to have sex. It's not safe to have a self-pleasure practice or to masturbate, you know. So there's so many ways that it can manifest, but looking at the belief systems that you have or the stories that you have around sex, especially the sneaky ones, you know, if you had parents who were kind of sex positive and they didn't shame you, what was the education that you got in school about sex or what have been your more negative sexual experiences? Perhaps there's been experiences where you fuck someone and they ghosted you and that left like a pain inside of you. It felt really shit for that to happen. So starting to look at what are all the stories, assumptions, and narratives that I tell myself about sex. What are the ones that I know of? Um, What are the ones that are sneakier or more subtle? And just starting to create a holistic picture of what's going on because all of these things are in some way running the show. I mean, our subconscious mind is running like pretty much most of our life and our decisions and those decisions and how we live our life is influencing how connected we feel and then also our sexual decisions and perhaps even how much pleasure we feel safe to feel. Now, the next place that I wanna go in this conversation is giving yourself permission to be a beginner, like to be a student of sexuality and to go out and get support around it, whether that's to join a course or watch videos about it on YouTube or to read amazing books or study a Tantra course. You know, most of us were not taught how to have sex. We weren't taught how to make love. We weren't taught how to fuck. We weren't taught about how to, you know, touch our clitoris. We weren't taught about, you know, even something like the four seasons of your menstrual cycle, which affects your libido and your energy, which is going to affect your sex life and, you know, the different kind of ways that you feel throughout the month and how we feel obviously influences how we uh, move through the world sexually as well. So we weren't taught about how to explore, celebrate, um, you know, openly discuss pleasure. And so we're just kind of expected to know the how when in reality, how would you know? And how most people then end up learning is through, you know, things like pornography or they walk in on someone doing it or they, You know, when I was a kid, we would go into like the sand dunes at the beach and get fingered by guys. And that was our sort of initiation into sexuality. And, you know, that's not necessarily the most healthy template for your first education on how to be a good lover and to have amazing sex. Right. So the reality is that understanding 
sexuality and pleasure in general is a learning curve and then even more so understanding your own sexual preferences your own sex drive what turns you on and what turns you off like that's an even bigger learning curve because we're all different and we all have different things that we like and we also have different anatomy so while some women um, are built the same other women are built different for example a lot of women I can't remember the percentage but it's pretty high definitely above 50%, cannot orgasm from penetration alone. Now, what I hear from a lot of women who share that that's their experience is like, oh, I must be broken, there's something wrong with me, when actually, uh, you know, there is the case that maybe different things turn them on, but also anatomically, some women's clitorises are situated differently in their body in that the legs of the clitoris that go way down are not close enough to where like a penis or where a dildo is internally like rubbing up against the walls right so they're not having that same kind of stimulation as someone whose clitoris legs are closer and you know being touched or being like influenced by that penetration so we're all different anatomically we're all beautiful there's nothing wrong or superior or inferior about the way that we're uniquely built but if we don't understand how we're built how are we then going to do a good job Right? How are we then going to know what we're doing and, um, you know, have the orgasms that we want to have or have a really fulfilling sex life? So knowing what you're working with helps you to work with it better. And so part of that means that you got to be willing to be that beginner, to like learn about it, to ask questions, to feel a little bit silly or vulnerable and you know, put yourself in a space where you can learn because you don't know what you don't know. And knowledge is power, um, you know, and having that information is going to help you to put it into action and then create whatever transformation it is that you're looking for in your sex life. So I want to share a couple of really simple, practical, like all hands on deck kind of things that you can do to start having a deeper, better sex life. Uh, so the first thing that I definitely want to talk about is it's so important to take time to connect. So to take your time to slow down. Um, I'm speaking specifically in this episode mostly to cisgender women or vulva owners because that's my scope of practice and that's my area of expertise. So speaking to vulvas, vulvas feel the most sensation when they are relaxed and feel safe not rushed. Women's genitalia and women's sexuality and our response and our arousal response is quite different typically to male anatomy. So men's sexual energy is typically like how I would describe it is like a flame. So, you know, you can turn a faucet on, the flame goes on and then the flame goes off. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? When your your man is done, he's done, he's going to sleep. Um, women's uh, sexuality is often described, or women's arousal is often described more like uh, boiling water. So it might take a little bit longer to boil for that water to heat up, but once it's boiling, it can keep boiling, right? And so this is where you see like 
multi-orgasmic women, like women having multiple, multiple orgasms, whereas for a lot of men, that's more difficult. Not impossible, but more difficult to just like come and come and come. So anyway, circling back to the original point, taking your time, like allowing yourself to have a lot of foreplay. I would say like a lot of women need much more foreplay than what they're getting, probably except for lesbians because I feel like lesbians get each other because it's two women, right? So they know the drill, but men don't necessarily know about how a woman works sexually, especially if their primary form of sex education has come from porn because most porn is based on a very like masculine men centric point of view where it's like we're fucking immediately you also see this in movies right they like kiss once and then all of a sudden everyone's coming like pretty much most women's bodies don't work like that so taking a lot of time to warm up so that you can feel relaxed and you can warm up and also what is going to happen after enough beautiful erotic foreplay and stimulation is your vulva may start tenting that's the term tenting I sometimes call it like when the vulva engorges and what this looks like is the uh, labia of your pussy is starting to literally engorge it's starting to swell it's starting to like get more moist Um, it gets kind of like puffy uh, for a lot of women. So this is a really good sign that your vulva is starting to warm up. And typically if you're feeling aroused, then having something like deeper penetration, whether it's from a cock or from a wand, it's going to feel a lot nicer and it's going to probably be a bit more wet and it's just going to feel better and the sex is usually going to be better. Um, This is also... Uh, important if you want to learn how to squirt being really really turned on beforehand is always a win so yeah slowing down taking time to connect with your body or have your partner connecting with your body and not just going straight for the pussoir you know focusing on other erotic or erogenous zones of your body taking your time And for you, also understanding like what are those erogenous zones that you like your partner or that you want to touch yourself. Um, So, you know, for some women, it's the nipples, but for other women, they may not enjoy that. Uh, It could be a kiss on your neck or having, you know, um, like fingernails moving up your thighs. It's going to be different for everyone. So playing around and figuring out what you like and taking that time is really beautiful. The second uh, practical tip that I wanted to give you is breathing. Now, it sounds simple, right? But it's not so simple for a lot of people. A lot of women that I um, have held space for or women who have messaged me on Instagram share that they often hold their breath or they clench during sex. And, uh, you know, there's multiple reasons why this might be happening, but the really cool thing about your breath is that it's like this superpower, Um, not only when it comes to any kind of healing and wellness, but it's really fantastic when it comes to increasing your pleasure and also creating a sense of inner safety uh, when you're experiencing sensual or sexual energy. 
during intimacy. So gently notice if you hold your breath during self-pleasure or when you're being intimate with a lover or a partner and see if you can start to deepen your breath. Now, if you want to create a sense of calm, perhaps you feel like you, you know, your body doesn't feel fully safe to relax, breathing in and out through the nose can be really beautiful because it's really calming for the nervous system. I would focus primarily on taking really deep breaths out. And what you can do is as you breathe out, imagine your whole body size, but especially your pussy. So imagine like your pussy's going, and just like dropping and letting go and how you can also um, increase that relaxation of that sigh is really focus on softening your jaw and your tongue as well a lot of times if you have jaw pain or you have tension um, in your neck or your tongue uh, that is being mirrored in the pelvic floor so often there uh, is a correlation between things like you know, really intense jaw tension and people who have an overactive, overtight pelvic floor. Um, And that's not a coincidence. There is a really important uh, fascial line called the deep frontal line, which runs between your throat and your pelvis. And our vagus nerve also runs through our uterus and up through our heart to our throat, to our brainstem. And if you don't know, your vagus nerve is It's basically the center stage star of your nervous system. So you probably hear people talking about the nervous system all the time. Your vagus nerve is the center of that. And so when you have a really toned vagus nerve, you're going to be able to feel more safe to experience pleasure. Uh, Your nervous system is going to be more fluid to bounce between periods of stress and then back into calmness. And of course, our ability to respond to stress and then come back into a calm, restful state is going to affect your sex life because one of the biggest killers of libido is stress. So using your breath to soften, uh, softening into the jaw and remembering that there's that connection between your pelvis and your um, throat. Uh, But the good news about that connection is if you notice that there is a tension, you can do things like humming or singing in a low tone. Um, Obviously, this is a little bit less weird if you're like self-pleasuring on your own. But if you have a partner that you feel really safe with, you can tell them like, oh, I'm going to do my humming so (laughs) that my pussy can relax, Uh, whatever you feel safe to do. Uh, The other way that you can breathe to increase pleasure is breathing in and out of the mouth in a circle. Um, My favorite time to do this is when I'm receiving oral sex or when I'm, uh, you know, receiving some kind of foreplay where I just get to lay back and relax. And I love to breathe in this conscious circle no pause between the inhale and the exhale. And sometimes I'll do that breathing in and out of my mouth uh, because it's very stimulating uh, kind of breath and it creates this really hot fire when I'm making love or receiving, you know, any kind of pleasure from my hubby. Um, But the thing to know is that breathing in and out of your mouth in a circle in that more slightly aggressive way is quite stimulating for your nervous system. 
So if you're someone who's going through a lot of stress or trauma, you might want to not do that through the mouth, through the nose in a circle could be a more desirable option for you. Now, the third practical piece of advice is to experiment, to be curious, uh, particularly thinking about the speed and the sound. So like I said, a lot of men, not all men, but a lot of them have learned about sex from porn. Now, let's think about porn Uh, without shaming anyone's kinks, because I believe we all get to fuck however we want to fuck and, you know, be turned on by whatever turns us on. uh, The majority of porn is like bam, 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 bam. It's like quite aggressive. It's, uh, you know, the man dominating the woman in a lot of ways. And I'm absolutely all for that if that's your vibe. But if that's the only thing that men are taught about how to make love or to pleasure a woman, it's not an accurate picture. It's not an accurate education because that's not how a lot of women want to be fucked and pleasured. They, uh, you know, might want it slower than that. They might want it to be more loving and more romantic. Uh, They might want it completely different to all of that as well. And so, um, experimenting with yourself or with your partner is kind of like going on a little mystery like easter egg hunt you know where you're figuring out like oh what feels good and what's behind there and like what happens when I do this and this is going to help you to discover what it is that you do like and what you don't like and what accelerates and amplifies your pleasure and then also what does the opposite like what puts the absolute brakes on And if you can start to be curious and get to know yourself in that way, then it's much easier to communicate with a partner. Like, hey, don't do this. Love it when you do this. Adore it when you do that. Can you do it this way? And vice versa. And then you're having that conscious communication and you're getting to do the things that feel good. And you know, like between each other, like, hey, I'm pleasing him and he's pleasing me or she's pleasing me and I'm pleasing her and it's just going to be better sex you know conscious communication directness not fucking around you know receiving or doing things that you don't actually want to do that don't turn you on and then all of these points apply to intimacy and self-pleasure with yourself so taking the time to try new ways of pleasuring and you know figure out new ways that you like to fuck yourself (laughs) um I remember I like one day discovered this thing that I really liked which is like I liked um having clitoral play and then having something inside of me at the same time so that might be like a sucky toy on the clitoris and then like a wand inside and just like tapping the wand up a tiny little bit the tiniest little motion oh my goodness sends me to another galaxy of pleasure it's ridiculous like (laughs) I would literally do anything right now for that right now Uh, but I wouldn't have discovered that tiny little weird like combination and motion if I hadn't have been exploring myself and being willing to experiment so play around and then you know read books about the different parts of your anatomy like your g-spot your a-spot Uh, cervical massage like clitoral massage like 
there's so many different ways that you can feel and experience different kinds of pleasure, but you don't know if you don't learn and you don't know if you don't experiment on your own body. And the last part in terms of why it's cool to experiment and to change things up, this is really good if you're in a long-term relationship, you know, and perhaps you really, really love your partner. You feel really emotionally connected to them. Everything's good, but maybe sex has just gotten like a little bit same, same, or a bit lackluster, like, you know, the initial honeymoon spark is wearing off or it's totally worn off, like, I always think in long-term relationships, that's when it's really cool to switch things up. And I think that's why a lot of long-term partnerships, when they go on holidays and they stay in hotels, they always end up having way more sex and better sex from what I've heard anyway, uh, because it's like a change of scenery. It's fun. It's something new. And when you're seeing the same person every day, and it's the same, same, and it's so familiar, like sometimes those sparks of desire start to like dilute a little bit. So you can take control of your sex life by changing things up, like wear some lingerie or book a hotel for a night or have sex in a different room that you are not normally in, you know, like grab your partner's cock when you're walking in the kitchen. Like there's so many non-complicated, easy ways to do this. So I hope you do them if they resonate. Um, And the fourth practical tip is to be intimate with yourself and each other in non-sexual ways. So whether you have a partner or you don't have a partner, uh, being intimate with yourself is really beautiful because if we want to feel connected and turned on and, you know, like our body is our friend, that's happening outside of the bedroom or it's not. And how are we supposed to just turn on that presence and that connection and feel safe to just be in the moment if we don't do that like 99.9% of the rest of the time? So it's like, how can you be loving and affectionate and even sensual with yourself or with each other outside of a sexual context. Now, bear in mind, a lot of people conflate the words sensuality and sexuality. They do have the overlap, but sensuality isn't just about sex. Sensuality is about your senses and how you engage those senses. So your visuals, touch, sound, taste, smell. And we are engaging with those senses all the time in non-sexual contexts. So a really simple one is like sensual eating or mindful eating. So instead of just gobbling down your food, scrolling on Instagram or TikTok, can you make it into just a really quick, special, sensual moment? Really taste the food. How do you touch yourself when you're working? How do you sit in your chair? Are you bent over like a croissant? (laughs) We all do that sometimes, don't we? But just being mindful of the way that you treat yourself and the way that you engage your senses and how mindful you are of your surroundings, that is going to translate into the bedroom. Because what we 
practice consistently in our lives kind of like wires our consciousness and our subconscious for how we feel in other moments right so if you're being more mindful in your life you're actually going to be less stressed you're going to feel more connected to yourself and that's going to probably increase your sex drive and it's going to be much easier to be present mindful and let yourself relax when you're self-pleasuring or having sex and it's also a way that we show ourselves self-love so that we are not outsourcing all of our pleasure and all of our needs for love to other people. You know, we, of course, can be working on our self-love and be imperfect with that and sometimes like not love ourselves and still have a beautiful relationship. You still get to be loved when you're, you know, imperfect and healing and on a self-love journey but obviously the more that you can love yourself the more that's going to translate into a really healthy connection with other people and when we have a healthy connection with our partner our sex life is going to be more connected and more intimate so you can see how everything kind of links into one another so the relationship that you have with yourself is really key to a lot of how everything else transpires. Now, let me tell you about some of my favorite sensuality practices to create really deep self-love and connection. Practices like breast massage. Breast massage is the funny one because so many people think like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Massage your tits. It's not really that groundbreaking. Surely nothing's really going to change my life. And all the time in Pleasure Empress, uh, my clients, like so many of them do the breast massage and they have so much emotion and energy come up and so much healing happens just from the breast massage. Um, you know, it makes sense, right? Your breasts are on top of your heart chakra. You know, one of my teachers, I'm pretty sure it was Layla Martin. She said that your breasts are like the antlers of your heart, <laughs> which is kind of funny but it's true they're a part of your heart chakra and you know so many people and especially women we walk through this world in this lifetime with so much unresolved heartbreak and unresolved grief and it makes it hard for us to be in our hearts and that's obviously stored in our breasts now as you can imagine women are typically very emotional beings in some way we're intuitive we're connected to our hearts and our wombs are connected to our hearts not only energetically but our wombs are connected to our heart and our throat by that vagus nerve that I mentioned and so if our heart feels closed down or tense or protected and armored obviously that's going to have some influence on how we feel when we're opening up our womb space to another person or where you know, trying to feel the fullness and the safety of experiencing pleasure down there. So breast massage not only would help you in a sexual and sensual context, but it's also a really deep self-love practice for feeling more connected to yourself. Womb massage is also a good one. By the way, all of these I teach in like exquisite intimate detail inside of Pleasure Empress and Pleasure Empress is closing tonight. So it's the 20th of January. Um, Sorry if you're listening to this too late. Um, But yeah, it closes tonight. uh, I don't know how many hours at midnight Spanish time. So 
if you are loving this episode, but you need like the actual guidance and also the accountability, because it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm going to start doing a breast massage practice, but what happens on the day that you can't be bothered or you don't want to sit in silence, you can't find a song on Spotify, you decide to sleep in instead or whatever it is, like having those practices in a library and like calls where you're jumping on those calls and you're accountable to this kind of journey, that is life-changing. So I wouldn't wait if you're feeling like you want to join and, uh, you know, you can find all the details in the show notes. Uh, other things that are amazing for self-intimacy, rebathing breathwork, ecstatic dance, you know, I teach about all these things as well. They're inside of Pleasure Empress too. But the reason I harp on about them is because they actually work. And I only talk about and teach about things that I know work because I'm not a bullshitter. There's too much bullshit in the healing industry. And I'm really passionate about sharing the things that have not only worked for me, but have worked for hundreds and sometimes thousands of people that I've helped facilitate the work for. So uh, these are some of my faves that I really wanted to share with you. Uh, Some other really quick fire tips at the end for better sex so you can like keep a little list if you're on a mission to have the best sex life ever this year Um, number one embrace sex as a connection practice rather than focusing always on like a destination so a lot of times uh, you know women share with me they get up in their head because they are trying to get to the big orgasm and they're putting pressure on themselves if they don't and they're trying to rush themselves they are rush themselves to climax now embrace sex as a time of connection rather than like I have to tick this box number two if you have a partner explore each other's accelerators and breaks these terms are not uh, invented by me I learned about them in uh, initially in my sexuality training, but where you can learn about them is in uh, the book called Come As You Are um, by Emily something. I can't pronounce her last name and I forget it, but it's called Come As You Are. And basically accelerators are the things that increase your turn on and your sex drive and breaks are the things that, as the name suggests, puts the brakes on that turn on and so some people have lots of accelerators and not many breaks so they might have a really high sex drive it's pretty like hard to interrupt it and then some people have more breaks and less accelerators so it might be slightly more challenging or they have to do different things in order to feel that same level of sex drive so if you and a partner understand this you can work that into how you have sex and how you're intimate like for example Maybe you might need your partner to have a shower and wash their hands before you make love because otherwise, I don't know, you're just turned off or you feel icky or you just don't feel as relaxed and safe as you would if your partner was like fresh out the shower. So it could be the tiniest little things or it could be really big things as well, but it's worth exploring. The third thing is eye gazing. 
So practicing uh, eye gazing, this can be in a non-sexual or a sexual context. So it's basically like sitting across from each other, staring into each other's eyes. It's a deeply intimate and vulnerable practice. But obviously, if you're having sex with someone, that's already really vulnerable if you're having really connected sex. So, uh, you know, having that vulnerability and embracing that deeper connection outside of the bedroom and inside of the bedroom is probably going to make your sex life a whole lot hotter. And, uh, you know, a lot of people feel awkward looking into their partner's eyes for a long time. I have had friends share that they don't make eye contact with their partner when they have sex. And it, uh, without, you know, any judgment around that, it is kind of crazy that we feel more comfortable letting someone put their penis inside of us than we do staring into their eyes. And what that gets me curious about is why is that? You know, what are we afraid of? And a lot of us are afraid of being really deeply seen, but to be really deeply seen and felt in an intimate partnership or in an intimate situation, that actually is going to lead to kind of mind-blowing, cosmic, orgasmic sex. Um, Number four, like I said, switch things up, different rooms, positions, role play, changing the variety around, you know, if you like variety. Uh, Number five, discuss what you like and don't like regularly, but I recommend doing that when you're in a more neutral moment outside the bedroom. So obviously if your partner is doing something that's really hurting you or making you feel really unsafe, you want to tell them in the moment, right? You want to put your safety and those kinds of needs to the front um, of the priority list. But if it's just kind of like a general thing you want to share to your partner, like, oh, I really love it when you do this thing and I would love you to do that more or... Um, you know, sharing about a fantasy that you have, or maybe sharing about something like, hey, it's really sensitive when you touch this part of my vulva. Do you mind if you don't do that again? I think the best time to bring that up is not in like the heat of the moment necessarily, uh, because it's vulnerable, right? And if you put yourself in the other person's position, like sometimes that might be a little bit offensive or just feel yeah, vulnerable. So if you can bring those things up in the neutral moments and discuss these things regularly so that you normalize that kind of conversation, I think the sex is just typically going to get better and better and better. Uh, Next tip, gentle circular breathing, uh, especially when receiving oral sex. I kind of already mentioned that I like that one. Uh, Experiment with bringing toys into the dynamic if that feels good for you. If you like toys and you want to include your partner in some toy play. And then this is a big one, but I bet you this one isn't what you're expecting. Do not hold your emotions in. And I'm talking about outside the bedroom. Do not hold your emotions in. Expect your partner to be a mind reader. And, you know, do the whole passive aggressive, silent treatment, I'm fine thing, which a lot of women do. And I'm not judging you because I have absolutely done this. Or the opposite archetype of this, but it's essentially the same thing, which is that whole cool girl thing. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, no, 
I'm cool. I'm good with the flow. You know, sometimes women do this, especially when they're early on in dating someone because they're trying to play it cool. They're trying to not be needy. And a lot of dating advice and a lot of even coaches in our industry perpetuate things like that. And even polarity teachers seem to perpetuate these things where it's like, you just got to be sweet and open and just go with the flow and let the masculine lead. Like, I just think it's all an absolute crock of shit. And I am in a very long-term, healthy, incredible, intimate marriage, right? So I don't think that holding anything in and just going with the flow is healthy. And I don't think that it creates better sex. I think it creates wounded dynamics, which can sometimes create a lot of arousal, but it's like a trauma response arousal. It's like a hyper arousal um, and like a hyperactive state of the nervous system, not actually true, deep, sexual, healthy intimacy. So when you hold your emotions in, this is going to lead to distortion. It's going to lead a lot of the time to resentment and disconnection. And resentment and disconnection, imagine those as sensations in the body. Maybe you can access that right now inside of your body. Like where does resentment show up for you? How does disconnection feel? It's typically not a sensation that you associate with feeling really turned on and really ready to fuck and to be intimate, right? It's like usually a contracted, heavy, like, oh, like, like sucking on a lemon kind of vibe. And that's, you know, not going to typically make you want to have sex or to get aroused. And it's certainly not going to lead to really deeply vulnerable, connected, hot and juicy sex. The other thing as well is sometimes uh, people use sex as a way to like self-soothe, particularly if you have, say, an anxious attachment style, but also an avoidant attachment style. I guess when you're anything other than the secure attachment style, sometimes sex is a way to validate ourselves or to try and feel close to someone who is not actually meeting us in the affection that we want or in the intimacy that we want in other areas. And so holding your emotions in or using sex almost as a band-aid for a bullet hole, I mean, these are things that I would recommend avoiding or working on if you want to have better sex. Um, And like I already mentioned, but last but not least, flirting and affection outside of the bedroom. Don't forget to make your partner feel sexy. If you don't have a partner, this still applies. Flirt with yourself, girl. Flirt in the mirror, do mirror work, you know, strut down the street in like a sex in the city vibe, you know. There are so many ways to flirt and to flirt with life and to flirt with each other. And sometimes we forget that as we get older or life is full of responsibilities or you're stressed, you know, a little bit of flirt and play energy, I think is very healing for the heart. It's very healing for the pussy too, to get those kind of butterflies going and to just enjoy and relish in your sexuality and to see it as a part of your empowered wholeness. It's a part of your primal self. It's a part of your life force energy. It's a beautiful part of you and not separate to you or something that you need to hide or 
feel ashamed about or, you know, assume that it's expiring because you're a certain age. Your sexuality is an innate and beautiful part of you. And I'm so excited that you're working on it, that you're looking into it, that you're curious about it, because that's going to lead ultimately to a more empowered overall reality for you if you embrace this. So thank you for tuning in. I would love to hear your takeaways from this episode. You can join Pleasure Empress up until midnight tonight, the 20th of January, 2023. We are not going to be opening this program until late 2023. So don't miss out if you want to be inside. And uh, if you miss the boat and you want to come and play with me in a different way, join Honeys Who Heal. Uh, my membership where we do rebathing breathwork every month, embodiment practices, visualizations and manifestation. There's hundreds of rituals and practices for every possible scenario, bath meditations, walking meditations, human design classes, astrology workshops, breath rituals, nervous system grounding practices. There's hundreds and hundreds of things inside as well as live experiences and sessions every single month so come and join us the link is in the show notes and lastly if you love this episode or you love the podcast in general if you leave us a review and send me a screenshot on instagram i will send you personally a hundred pound voucher which you can use towards almost every single one of my courses. So if you do want to leave a review, I love to reciprocate and show thanks for your generosity and your feedback. And I'll send you that voucher to thank you. So thanks, babe. I hope you have a beautiful day wherever you are. Stay well, stay turned on, keep working on that hot, juicy sex life and pleasuring yourself. You are worth it. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Mwah. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you, and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did, reach out on Instagram. My handle is this is Amy Rushworth, or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful. And it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage, and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.